Chris Rock goes full anti-woke in his new Netflix special and finally comes for his revenge on Will Smith. Joe Biden says she and Joe would never consider a competency test. And Bernie Sanders can't keep straight the difference between equity and equality. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, Chris Rock has a brand new Netflix special. It is his first comedy special since the incident in which he made fun of Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife at the Oscars. He made a joke about how she was bald. And this led Will Smith to at first laugh and then glance over, see that Jada was mad and then walk up on stage and smack Chris Rock full across the face while yelling at him to keep her name out of your effing mouth. Now, Chris Rock took that hit like a man and really said nothing about it for almost a year. Well, just before the Oscars, he now has a new Netflix special out in which he breaks his silence on that. And that is a notable headline. We'll get to that in a moment. But the, the most notable thing about one about what Chris Rock did is that he has now become just the latest comedian to go full anti-woke. Now, if, as if you believe, as, as my friend and mentor Andrew Breitbart believed, the culture is upstream of politics, that what you see in the culture eventually bleeds its way down into how we do politics, then the woke revolution is coming, and that right quick for a lot of the folks on the woke left. You're starting to see this in Democratic Party circles as well. This is why Joe Biden has been gradually backing away like Homer Simpson into a bush from the Wokies. But the fact is he can't do that because he is tied to them at the hip. He has incentivized them. He's brought them into his administration. And now he's going to take that ride with them. When all of the big comedians, almost all of them, have now come out and started ripping into wokeness, when that ranges from Louis C.K., who, by the way, was quasi-canceled and now is back on tour as popular as ever, when, when that is true of Chris Rock, when that is true of pretty much all of them, except for Hannah Gadsby, who isn't really a comedian, you got a problem on the left. When the comedians are now more aligned with the right than the left, not because they like the right, they hate the right, but because they look at the left and they say, I can't be anywhere near these people. They're too crazy. That is a serious problem for the Democratic Party in political terms. And again, they escaped the blade in 2022 because Republicans raided the local homeless shelter for candidates. But I do not think that they avoid the cultural consequences of their own radicalism for very much longer. So Netflix has now released this Netflix special. They did it with all sorts of fanfare. They had like a pre-show. They had like a post-show as though it were almost a sporting event. And he had a lot to say. He actually started his stand-up act saying that he was going to try to do a show without offending anybody. He says he doesn't know who's going to get triggered. And he went directly after Wogan. He's like, I'm all on board with the social justice and all that kind of stuff. But, but it used to be that if you wanted to take somebody's job, you actually had to be better at it than they were. Now you just wait for them to say the wrong thing. And this extended to his critiques in a wide variety of areas. It extended to his critique of Meghan Markle, for example. He went very, very hard after Meghan Markle because one of the things that he said during the special, Chris Rock, is we have now decided to glorify victims. It's one thing if you are a victim. It is another thing if you are a pretend victim. And we have decided that everyone in American society is now a victim. He sounds very much like a right winger. He sounds like this show, Chris Rock here. Here is Chris Rock going after Meghan Markle. That she went through was not racism. It was just some in-law So she's complaining. I'm like, what the about. No, Oprah, they're so racist. They wanted to know how brown the baby was going to be. They're so racist. They wanted to know how brown the baby's going to be. I'm like, that's not racist. Because even black people want to know. Okay, and he he went off on this for a while. Again, this idea that everyone is a victim. He's like, no, you're not a victim. I'm sorry. And one of the things that he said is, I'm not a victim either, right? So for a year, I basically took the Will Smith hit and I didn't pretend that I was a victim. So in the middle of the special, he really goes off on Will Smith. I mean, really goes off on Will Smith. There's a lot of pent-up rage here from Chris Rock. We all been cheated on. Everybody in here been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. None of us. It's like, hey, I was sucking somebody else's How did that make you feel? She hurt him way more than he hurt me, okay? Okay? And by the way, he does that Everybody in the world called him a bitch. I tried to call the motherfucker, give him my condolences, he ain't pick up for me. Everybody called that man a bitch. Charlemagne called him a bitch. The Breakfast Club called him a bitch. Everybody. 
He was very, very angry. By the way, he also went after Jada. He said, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith, she suggested that I shouldn't host the Oscars in 2016 because Will Smith starred in Concussion and didn't get a nomination. And he shouldn't have got a nomination. It was a really bad movie. He said, so instead, he decided that he was going to give me a concussion. But, but his whole shtick is, I'm not a victim. All these other people are claiming to be victims. I'm not a victim. They're not victims. Stop with the victim attitude. Okay, there's going to be a backlash in this country and it's going to come very, very strong for the left. Because again, so much of leftist ideology at this point is wrapped into the idea that we are all victims. We're victims of the system. The system has somehow harmed us in some deep and abiding ways. Chris Rock is not the only one, right? You've seen this from Chappelle. You've seen this from pretty much every major comedian is now on board with this because guess what? If you're a major comedian, this means that you have made a success of yourself in American life. It means that you worked really hard to get there. You worked a lot of clubs. You worked a lot of circuits. You failed a lot. And so this notion that you look around you and you see a country filled with failures because there's so many people who are just victims of the society, you don't buy into it. If you're truly successful in American society, very difficult to see that everyone else in American society is a victim, particularly if you're somebody like Chris Brock. By the way, he also had some notes about abortion that were kind of shocking. He, he actually picked up an old Louis C.K. routine. And he also said, he's like, I'm very pro-choice. I love abortion. I probably paid for more abortions than anybody in this room, but you are killing babies. And everybody in the room's like, wait, what now? And Again, he, he doubled and tripled down on it. So this Netflix special is important because this is going to be the most watched thing in America for the next couple of weeks minimum. It's, it's funny. It's really bitter. It's a very, very angry special. And one of the reasons that it's angry is because one of the things he's angry at is mentality that suggests, again, that victimhood reigns supreme and that wokeness is a way to success. That the way that you gain success is by, be, he, he went off on woke corporations. He went off on Lululemon. At a certain point during the special, he starts, yelling at Lululemon. He's like, you guys are telling me about how much charity you give. Like, you you know what would be charity if you didn't sell yoga pants for 120 bucks? That would be charity. He, he, he is expressing what a lot of people feel. A lot of people of various ethnicities and various races and various political points of view. There is going to be an anti-left revolution in this country, and you're just beginning to see the first glimmers of it, which is very scary for people inside the Democratic Party. Again, it's not just coming from Chris Rock. It's some other cultural figures who are on the left and who are feeling similar things in just one second. First, the government keeps raising the interest rates right now because they have no choice. I mean, the inflation is out of control. We are headed for economic stagnation. We all know this. And the truth is that economic stagnation is somewhat baked into the cake. If you look over the course of the next 10 years, even before this inflationary cycle, the Biden administration was suggesting that over the course of the next 10 years, the American economy was going to grow at well under 2% every single year, which would not even match normal pace of inflation. It's just one reason why you should diversify at least a little bit into precious metals. Hedge against inflation by owning gold, whether that is physical gold and silver in your safe at home or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. I have gold from Birch Gold in my safe at home because, again, I think diversification is a smart thing to do. Just text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold to claim eligibility for your free safe also. Then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. Ask all of your questions. And then when you feel secure, think about investing with them. At text Ben to 989898 today. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they will ship a free safe directly to your door. So give them a call. Text Ben to 989898 today to get started. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. Okay, so again, it's not just Chris Rock. It's other cultural figures who you might not expect to hear the anti-wokeness from. So one of those cultural figures is Idris Elba. So Idris Elba is, again, a very left-wing guy. This is a person who did an entire shtick at Davos about environmentalism. Well, he recently did an interview in which he talked about how he wished to be seen as an actor, not predominantly as a black actor, which, again, is perfectly legitimate. And I think quite wonderful. People should wish to be seen as the things they do, not as their immutable characteristics. 
Your immutable characteristics are immutable. The things that you do are things that you have some control over. And so Idris Elba tweeted out, there isn't a soul on this earth that can question whether I consider myself a black man or not. Being an actor is a profession, like being an architect. It's not defined by race. However, if you define your work by your race, that's your prerogative. A lie? I, I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with anything he's saying. He got all sorts of bleep for this. He got all sorts of flack for suggesting that he shouldn't define his, his acting by his race, which he should not. The, but the left insists that you be boxed into whatever your immutable characteristic category is. The left also does another trick, which is they want to conflate immutable characteristics with activity. This is one of their favorite tricks. They've been doing this for a couple of decades. And the idea is that your immutable characteristics and the things that you do are the same. And the reason they do this is because we don't wish to see anybody right, left, center in the United States. No one wishes to see discrimination on the basis of immutable characteristics. And this is what the civil rights movement was all about. Your race is an immutable characteristic. You should not be penalized because of your race. It's something that you can't change, nor would we wish you to change it because it's your race. Who cares? Okay, but what the left has done is they have then associated that with activity. And so if you say, for example, we like educational achievement. Educational achievement is good. And if it turns out a disproportionate number of black Americans are not achieving educationally, then what the left does, is instead of saying, okay, well, the educational problem is a problem we should fix and it doesn't have to do with race, they say, well, you're being racist. And that's why we have to get the SATs is racist. If it looks at your academic performance, then obviously it's racist because black people are underperforming. Now, what the non-racist says is, hold up. Academic performance and race have nothing to do with one another. Those are, those are not associated. What the left has done is in order to continuously promote the idea that marginalized people in the United States are victimized by the United States, they have to create entire new victimhood classes. And it used to be that in the United States, if you made bad decisions or if you did stupid things, this did not make you a victim. What made you a victim was an immutable characteristic and then people picking on you for the immutable characteristic. Instead, what we have decided is you make bad decisions or you make false claims. And if people don't agree with you, now you're a victim of American society. That's very much in the left's interest. And what you're seeing is skilled people of all races, people who work hard for the things that they do, they are now saying, no, no, no. The decisions I make are not my immutable characteristics. The decisions I make, I have control, I have agency over my own life. Hey, folks, once you are in the I have agency over my life, own life category, two things happen. One, you're going to become much more successful and much more optimistic. Once you seize control over your own life and you start to actually look at the decisions you make and how you can make better decisions, you are likely to make better decisions. And two, you're going to move to the right innately because the left is all about the idea that the system creates everything. The system is responsible for your failures. The system is responsible for others' successes. That is why the system has to be destroyed. And this is why you see people who work really hard who are moving innately to the right because as the left moves away from equality, meaning equality of rights in which we all get to compete and then people who make good decisions win. They've moved toward equity, equality of outcome, which again suggests that there ought to be no consequences for your individual decision-making. Everything is an immutable characteristic and we ought to treat it as such in society. And people even on the left are looking at this and they're saying this is a bunch of nonsense. It is just not going to work. I mean, hilariously enough, when you talk about the, um, the, the difference between equity and equality, even some of the people who are supposedly proponents of equity, equality of outcome versus equality of rights, even some of those people don't understand it. So Bernie Sanders ran headlong into himself the other night. He was on Bill Maher's show and Bill Maher asked him a very simple question. If you call yourself a socialist, he has this really crappy new book out called It's Okay to Be Angry at Capitalism. It's a really, really bad book. I'm gonna do a full review of it because I actually read that book so you didn't have to. So at some point in the near future, I'm gonna bring out like a full complete review of, of that garbage book. Anyway, Bernie Sanders was, uh, was on Bill Maher, looking rumpled as per his usual arrangement. And he was asked about equity versus equality. And even he, even Bernie Sanders, can't bring himself to fully embrace the equity position because it's so crazy. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. That, like, it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about... Uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? 
I yeah, think, I think so. I think that's okay. Fine. So which do you come? Which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, interesting, because the Biden administration has literally embraced the word equity in every area of the federal government. The Biden administration is now to the left of Bernie Sanders. That's how far we have come. This is why I say the backlash is coming. When even Bernie Sanders is like, I can't come down on the side of equality of outcome. The communist is like, I can't come down on the side of equality of outcome. That's not what I'm aiming for. Guys, you move too far to the left. You lost Bernie. I mean, Bernie has lost himself wandering around. Where's the pudding? I don't think for now. Are we in the bond? This is my life course. I don't think for now. What's equality? What's equity? He's like, even Bernie doesn't know what he is supposed to be for anymore because his own party has outflanked him. Joe Biden is now to his left on equity versus equality. Guess what? When you've lost Bernie, when you've lost Chris Rock, when you've lost Idris Elba, it's over for you guys. You don't know it yet. You're dead men walking. Now, it's possible the Republicans can blow things because they can always blow things. We'll get to that in a little bit. But with that said, the Democrats are cruising for a bruising here because they have embraced an ideology that no one likes, including members of their own party. No one likes it. No one. It's why Bill Maher is now considered a right winger. Bill Maher on his show, right, aside from the Bernie Sanders stuff, Bill Maher, who has been on my show, he now finds himself agreeing with me more than he agrees with Joe Biden on a wide variety of subjects. That's a serious problem for the Democratic Party. Here is Bill Maher, for example, going off on trigger warnings. A new study from Flinders University analyzed a dozen other studies on trigger warnings, and they all came to the same conclusion. They don't work. Not only don't they protect your feelings, but if you actually have been traumatized by something they're warning you about, a trigger warning makes it worse. It's like if seatbelts were made out of broken glass. Now, for those of you who have been living on an offshore oil rig for the last 10 years and don't know what I'm talking about, a trigger warning is a kind of, close your eyes, here comes an ouchie. <laughs> that, like so many bad ideas in recent years, got started on college campuses. Students started demanding them so they could get ready in case something in a book or a piece of art or a history lesson reminded them that life included bad things and not just good, and sometimes people were mean. <laughs> you can't have that just sprung on you. Okay, again. You lost Bill Maher. Oh, wait, again, back to Chris Rock. Chris Rock said the exact same thing in his special. In his special, he says, and you guys keep saying words hurt. Anybody who's said words hurt has never been punched in the face. You know when words hurt? When they're painted on a brick. Correct. Correct. If culture is upstream of politics, they're losing the culture. They're really beginning to lose it. We'll get to the Democratic Party itself, which is in a state of quasi-disarray in just one second. First, I like to think that people who watch this show are some of the smartest people in the country. I mean, we know you guys, so we know how smart you are. Well, if you're well-informed, you understand that supply chains are liable to break. You understand that emergencies can happen. And this is why you need the supplies that you need in case of an emergency. And you need to know what to do with them. This is one reason why my friends at Jace Medical are offering my audience a free ebook that every family needs in their emergency preparedness kit. The ebook is maybe a five-minute read. You can download it, you can save it, so you have it when you need it. The guide provides valuable information regarding emergency wound care, proper first aid, how to safely use the antibiotics when necessary. Jace Medical is also a company that can provide you the five most common antibiotics, essentially pre-demand. So you get them now and then you have them in your house in case, God forbid, supply chains break, there's an emergency. But now they're giving you this free ebook as well. It's going to give you really important information, medical information about, God forbid, you get a cut. What do you do when, when you can't get to the hospital? Get this free ebook today at jacemedical.com forward slash Ben. That's J-A-S-E medical.com forward slash Ben. J-A-S-E medical.com forward slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, a child's life is molded by his or her home, school, friends, community. A positive experience in all these areas helps build a healthy child. Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, is a registered nonprofit organization aimed at giving children the tools to succeed in life. If you have a car, it's just sitting in your driveway, taking up space. You should consider donating it to Cars for Kids. You know, Cars for Kids, they've got that jingle, right? The 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, K-A-R-S, you know it. If you're tired of looking at that old car in your driveway or hearing your spouse complain about it, why not let Cars for Kids take care of it for you? Here's how it works. Visit their website at carsforkids.org slash Ben. Let them take care of it from there. The whole process only takes two minutes. Cars for Kids will schedule a pickup at a time that's convenient for you. If you don't have a car, you can still help. Cars for Kids accepts non-cash donations of school supplies, clothing, sports equipment, and more. So what exactly are you waiting for? Call now or visit carsforkids.org slash Ben to get the ball rolling today. That's Cars of the K, the number four, at carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's carsforkids.org slash Ben. Okay, so the Democratic Party, and they've got a real problem here because normally you can overcome a gap 
in terms of your ideology with the American people, you can overcome that with a really charismatic politician. This is what Barack Obama did. So between 2008 and 2012, Barack, in 2008, Barack Obama ran on an American ideology and an incredible level of charisma. Go back to his 2008 campaign. Virtually the entire campaign was about him avoiding contentious questions regarding race. When Jeremiah Wright came up, he made a whole speech dissociating from Jeremiah Wright. Now, it was a lie because he'd spent 20 years in Jeremiah Wright's church, but that's what he did. He, he moved away from it. It was all about not red state America. There's no blue state America. Just the United States of America. The, the whole thing, no black Americans, no white Americans, just Americans. And he promised he, in his own essence, was a mixture of all of these. He was America coming together. His wife suggested that he was a blank screen on which the American people could project their hopes and dreams. That was a very American message. And then by 2012, he was very angry at the Tea Party and the fact that he'd gotten his ass kicked in the 2010 election. And so he decided that he was going to go very woke. He started to parcel off the American population by ethnicity, by gender, and he started going after them in very meticulous ways. And he won the election. And in doing so, things broke. But he was able to win the election despite his message. His message was bad in 2012. He won the election in 2012 because he was very charismatic. What happens when you have a bad message and the leader of your party is a decrepit old fool who cannot walk two steps without nearly falling on his face? What happens then? Well, the Democratic Party is about to find out. It turns out they don't have a lot to run on. So they tried out Hakeem Jeffries, who is the new House Minority Leader, to try and explain why Democrats should do well in, for example, 2024. It didn't go amazing for him. He explained that Joe Biden and the House Democrats, they're actually making life better for Americans, which is weird since Americans don't feel that way. So, Mr. Leader, he's talking about 2024, but frankly, it also sounds like a kind of a tacit admission that Democrats are not going to be able to get as much done now because you're in the minority in the House. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you. Listen, House Democrats are unified. President Biden was dignified and our base is electrified for three reasons. One, we have an incredible track record of support. Uh, for getting big things done to make life better for everyday Americans. Uh, we have a vision for the future. But you don't. I'm sorry, you don't. And just because Republicans are bad at this doesn't mean that you guys actually have a, an agenda that people like, because the answer is you don't. I mean, you just lost control of Congress, again, despite the fact that Republicans decided to raid the local mental institutions for candidates. And then Hakeem Jeffries just has to lie. He suggests that Joe Biden is reducing the flow of illegal border crossings, which um, I'm sorry. I, I, my, my favorite statistical trick that Democrats like to use is shifting the baseline. It's really great. What they like to do is they'll say, sure, if you look over the course of the past couple of years, there's been massive influx of illegal immigration. But if you look at the last couple of months, there's been a tiny decrease. Let's just look at the last couple of months. If you just shift the baselines like three months ago, we're doing amazing, which is sort of like a spendaholic who expends tens of thousands of dollars, bankrupt, ban bankrupts themselves on the credit cards. And like, yeah, but in the last couple of months, I brought down my credit card bill, like the amount that I'm spending from like $100,000 to $98,000. So really, you could think of it as like, I brought it down by $2,000. This is the stupid game. This is another area where President Biden has ruffled some feathers uh, in your party by rolling out measures to crack down on illegal border crossings and restrict migrants' ability to claim asylums. How do you feel about that policy? Well, I think uh, we've got to continue to do two things. One, make sure that we have a safe and secure border and take steps anchored in the principle that America is a nation of laws, while at the same time respecting the fact that we also are a nation of immigrants. So yes I, on the policy or no on the policy? Well, I actually, well, based on my visit to the border, what I have seen uh, is that some of the steps that President Biden and the administration have taken over the last few months have certainly reduced the flow of nah, the No, no, I'm sorry. No, nope, nope. the answer is no. Nope. The answer is you're lying. You're not reducing a damn thing. We've had the greatest influx of illegal border crossing in American history over the course of Joe Biden's administration. End of story. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Well, the other thing we should all know is that, you know, we're all going to die. I just hit spring it like, like that on you today. But the bad news is we will all plot. And when that happens, you need to make sure that your family is taken care of. This is why you need a good life insurance plan. It can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family will have a safety net to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 25 bucks per month for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius's licensed agents can help you find coverage options in as little as a week. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can actually trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. 
Head over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, policygenius.com slash Shapiro. If you're a responsible human being, if you have dependents, you need life insurance. It's just that simple. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link on the description below. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. Okay, so speaking of the Democratic Party and the kind of trouble they're in, if they don't have the charisma, if they don't have the policy and they don't have the charismatic leadership, what exactly do they do? So they don't have the charismatic leadership. Joe Biden was asked over the weekend about whether Joe Biden would consider a competency test. So Joe is obviously not fully competent. He's stumbling around. He can barely walk. The other day, he gave a, a medal to a guy who's 83. Joe Biden is 80. So it was real kind of, because that guy looked really old. And guess what? So did Joe Biden. So Jill, who is the Edith Wilson of the modern age, who may in fact be holding Joe Biden's pen while he signs bills. For folks who don't know their history, during the last year and a half of uh, Woodrow Wilson's administration, he had a massive stroke and he was completely incompetent. He literally could not run the country. And so Edith pretended that he was actually still competent. She would literally hold his arms in photos in certain ways so he looked like he was still sentient. She would put him in a car and then drive him around with a blanket over his lap and his hands so it looked like he was still, I mean, it was, it was basically Weekend at Bernie's presidential edition. We're, we're about that far from this with regard to Joe and Jill Biden because Jill is an eminently political human. And, uh, and the notion that, that she may, in fact, be running things, uh, I, I don't find that particularly far-fetched. Anyway, here is Jill explaining, we'll never take a competency test. Yeah, I wonder why. He Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We would never even discuss something like that. Explain why it's ridiculous. Please explain. In many states, you have to go and actually get your DMV license renewed after you hit a certain age. So please explain to me why you shouldn't have a mental competency test once you hit 75 or 80. You should be able to pass it with flying colors. So what exactly is the objection here? What exactly is the problem? Well, we all know the problem here. That's the reason why Joe Biden isn't saying it. And the entire Democratic Party has to, here's the thing. They're stuck. I keep saying this. I've been saying this for a couple of years. They are stuck with Joe Biden. They're going to staple that guy to a horse and they're going to ride him to glory. That's, that is all this is. Joe Biden is, is they taxidermied him. He's big Bob Billy Bass. All they do is he's, he's actually like on the wall as a dead fish, taxidermied, and they hit a button. And every so often he goes, and then it goes back to being the dead fish on the wall. And that's what they're going to run. And they have to run that because guess what they have backing him up? Nothing. Zero. They have Kamala Harris, the worst candidate ever cobbled together in God's laboratory. It's like God took a helping of lack of charm and he poured it together with a helping of lack of charisma. And then he poured it together with smugness and arrogance and he mixed it all up and he poured it out and there was Kamala Harris. So it ain't gonna be Kamala Harris. And meanwhile, you got Pete Buttigieg, an arrogant Ivy Leaguer masquerading as a down-home blue-collar fellow while wearing like patent leather brand new dress boots to, to go visit East Palestine, Ohio, and then getting mad when you mention it. So CNN was trying to provide cover for Pete Buttigieg over the weekend. And so they wrote a piece titled Pete Buttigieg starts to rethink how he does his job in wake of Ohio train disaster. He did a, it's, it's a, a, an amazing interview in which he basically just complains that people are too mean to him. And he really understands the people, does Pete Buttigieg. He really, Pete Buttigieg, that's a dude of the people. Pete Buttigieg, sure. He worked for McKinsey. Sure, he spends his days hanging out with like the most left-wing people in the party, white, liberal, upper-crust women who are mostly enamored of the fact that he's a gay man. Because guess what? They don't really care about the mayors of the other million cities in the United States that are bigger than South Bend, Indiana and better run than South Bend, Indiana. So here's, here's Pete Buttigieg talking about the, uh, his tenure at the, at the Transportation Department. Quote, it's really rich to see some of these folks, the former president, these Fox hosts, who are literally lifelong card-carrying members of the East Coast elite, whose top economic policy priority has always been tax cuts for the wealthy and who wouldn't know their way around a TJ Maxx if their life depended on it to be presenting themselves as if they genuinely care about the forgotten middle of the country. You think Tucker Carlson knows the difference between a TJ Maxx and a Kohl's? Yeah, I'm sure you know the difference between a TJ Maxx and a Kohl's, Pete. I'm sure that's, that's how you spend your evenings. You go to TJ Maxx. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I, I believe that one. From, from Captain, the Bible says that, that gay marriage is mandatory. Like, yes, I'm sure you, you are in touch with the people in the middle of the country. You are the Rust Belt King, Pete Buttigieg. 
In an exclusive interview with CNN, Buttigieg acknowledged mistakes. He said he should have gone to East Palestine, Ohio earlier. He said he failed to anticipate the political fallout from the toxic trail dera train derailment, but he punched back at critics. He says that um, he is uh, being victimized, of course. According to White House spokesperson Andrew Bates, whether it's sickening attacks on his family or disrespecting a community's pain with failed attempts at exploitation as a political prop, nothing saps credibility like following debunked smears with even more debunked smears. What's the debunked smear exactly? That he keeps taking around private jets while not visiting East Palestine, Ohio? That he's a photo op? That his entire job, his entire rationale for being is as a photo op? And then he says, who cares what shoes I was wearing when I was there to draw attention to an agenda that will save lives on our railroads? That's not why you were there to draw attention to saving lives on the railroads. You went because you were humiliated publicly for like a couple of weeks. Who cares what shoes I was wearing? You care what shoes you're wearing. That's why you're wearing those shoes. As for any suggestion from Trump or supporters that, that the reason that people Buttigieg went to East Palestine was because Trump went there first is that's BS. We were already going to go. Were you though? Then why didn't you? So, lovely. So, again, Pete Buttigieg, God has conspired to, to make him not president, which is good because he would make a terrible president. He was not even a good mayor of South Bend, Indiana. A popula population 100,000. Guys, guys, can we stop pretending that Mayor Pete is somehow emblematic of successful mayoralty? He was the mayor of a town of 100,000 people and he ran it badly. And then he ran for president. And because the media loves the fact that he is a gay man, he somehow gained credibility. And because he is smooth on TV. Well, congratulations. It turns out eventually the photo ops run out. Meanwhile, other Democratic potentials, and this is why they're stuck with Joe Biden, other Democratic potential candidates are blowing themselves out apace. Gavin Newsom. Now, it turns out that the, the state of California was hit with, with snow. And one week after a snow blizzard stranded residents of Crestline Lake Arrowhead and other San Bernardino mountain towns, Newsom finally declared a state of emergency. But the California National Guard had still failed to arrive in the area. So where exactly was Gavin Newsom uh, while all this was happening? He left the state. Apparently, Gavin Newsom headed over to Baja in order to vacation. So remember that time when there was a polar freeze, a polar vortex, and it, and it hit Texas? There's a lot of freezing. And Ted Cruz went to Mexico. And this is like the end of the world, because even though he's the senator from Texas and has literally no authority over the executive functioning of Texas, that meant that he was a bad guy. Literally, the governor of California left the state to go on a Mexican vacation in the middle of an ice storm in California. And everybody's like, ah. it's amazing. The good news is that he uh, he made it out safely. That's that's really the, the most important thing. So he headed out of state for, again, ah, for another vacation. What a, what, a, what a genius he is. Again, Gavin Newsom's got nothing. He's just going to be French Laundry Newsom for the rest of his political career. Maybe this is one of the reasons why people were turning to the potential of AOC, except that AOC, it turns out, is as corrupt as the day is long. According to Nicole Jelinas, AOC begged to go to the exclusive Met Gala, even if it meant breaking the rules. According to the New York Post's columnist, AOC really wanted to attend the September 2021 Met Ball, a charity event for its Costume Institute, yes, but also the world's number one social event for the rich, famous, and beautiful. About the $35,000 tickets for two people would cost nearly six figures. Members of Congress can invite can attend nonprofit events, but the Met doesn't normally invite all of Congress, and this isn't AOC's district. So she decided to trade off her elected position in order to get the tickets. She snagged two free tickets by cozying up to Vogue's Anna Wintour, who runs this show for the Met. AOC's written invitation specifically informed her she and her boyfriend were guests of Vogue. There's one problem. Members of Congress can't take near seven-figure gifts from companies that employ lobbyists. Vogue is part of a sprawling media firm that, including the firm that owns a big piece of Spectrum, our highly regulated internet provider. AOC's anti-corruption lawyer even warned her staff, quote, the congresswoman could accept an invitation from the Met, but not from Vogue. Well, um, that was uh, the morning after because a Vogue staffer informed AOC's office the day after the ball. Hope the congresswoman had a great time last night. Given that she was a guest of Vogue, we were planning to say she was a guest of Anna Wintour's, wanted to check with you. Well, it turns out that not only did she uh, do her best to try to go to this thing illegally, it also turns out that she took a bunch of favors that are political favors. AOC's lawyer assured congressional ethics officials just after the gala that the congresswoman is paying personally for all the other benefits, including the rental value of her dress, handbag and accessories, shoes, hair and makeup, transportation, and hotel room for staging. But the problem is that she didn't have the money for that. So what did they do? Well, she just didn't pay them. They, uh, they called up some of the service providers for campaign, and they talked down a $1,300 dress down to $300. 
And, uh, and then they asked people to provide these things for free to her husband. Apparently, she did not pay her makeup artist for six months after the ethics investigation started. It was like 344 bucks, by the way. Her hair, the hairstyles rep emailed AOC staff. It would look terrible if we had to file a complaint with the New York Department of Labor against AOC. Transportation cost $586. It wasn't until May 2022, eight months after the gala, that AOC reimbursed Conte and asked for her $180 share. Why she even split the bill is beyond us because, again, everybody was there because of her. She didn't reimburse the designer uh, their hotel bill, which was a $4,600 hotel bill, until May 2022. She didn't reimburse her boyfriend's shoes and bow tie until May 2022. She didn't reimburse the car service from Carlisle to the museum until May. The only person paid was the manicurist. So AOC, she is just a wonderful, wonderful person. Again, these are the people the Democrats have chosen to feature. Maybe this is one reason why Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who is running a very competitive Senate race now, maybe that's one reason why he's like, I'm not necessarily going to endorse the Democrats at this point. That's a little awkward for me. Here is Joe Manchin over the weekend. You run for office in 2024. You going to run as a Democrat? Chuck, I haven't made a decision what I'm going to do in 2024. I've got two years ahead of me now to do the best I can for the state and for my country. What are, what's on the table? Is re-election on the table? Everything's on the table. Is running for governor on the table or no? No, I, I, okay. I've done that. That you've I, ruled out. I've done that. Yeah. So everything on the table, there's basically only one other thing, the presidency. Is that something you would do outside the Democratic Party? The only it? thing I can tell you is what I will do is whatever I can when I make my decision, what I think is the best that I can support and represent the people of West Virginia, but also be true to this country and the constitution of this country. So um, there's a reason why Joe Manchin is very nervous about going along with the Democratic Party. They've got no leadership class and their ideas are bad. Okay, meanwhile, the Republican Party is trying to figure out exactly what 2024 looks like for them. But if you are a business and you are looking at the state of play right now, you got to realize that it's very hard to find the right people for your jobs. Every time we have a job opening here at Daily Wire, this is why we head on over to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter's matching technology will help you find the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. See why the majority of employers count on ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Use my exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. In this economy, you can't afford to waste your time looking for employees for a very, very long time and then probably not finding them. Instead, head over to ZipRecruiter. It is quick, it is easy, and you can try it out for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com dot com slash daily wire zip recruiter again remains the smartest way to hire. Okay, guys, it was a massive weekend here at Daily Wire. Why? Well, we launched Jeremy's Chocolate on Thursday because, I mean, how could we not after Hershey's launched their Hershey campaign to celebrate International Women's Day with a biological man as their spokesperson? Yes, they made the woke mistake. We are trying to show them go woke, go broke. Now, a lot of people thought we planned it in advance, you know, Jeremy's Chocolate, because it was less than 24 hours after their ad, we launched Jeremy's Chocolate. How could we do such a thing that fast? So to give you the actual inside story, let me just give you the timeline of events. It started Wednesday, March 2nd, when Hershey's announced their new Hershey campaign. At 7.52 a.m., Jeremy sent the team an email with a tweet about Hershey's Hershey campaign. At 8.30 a.m., there was a 15-minute phone call to discuss if we should launch a chocolate bar. At 2 p.m., we had an idea that we should call it he, him, and she, her, with the important note that only one of them will have nuts. So, like, by 2 p.m., we were launching a chocolate company. Jeremy says he, has, he had an idea for a quick commercial, and he literally called up, I mean, I talked to the producer. He called up the producer. He said, I want you to bring the camera crew, and we need some chocolate bars, and we need Brett Cooper and Michael Moles here. This is like 2 p.m. 6 p.m., they started filming. 7 p.m., they stopped filming. Thursday, March 3rd, at 3.50 a.m., Jeremy watched the first rough cut of the commercial and gave his notes. At 7.36 a.m., Jeremy's tweet launched Jeremy's Chocolate. Okay, so literally within 24 hours, within 24 hours, we launched a chocolate company. And no, we did not have that, you know, pre-planned. So now it's like three days later and we have sold over 17 tons of chocolate. <laughs> we have sold about 400,000 chocolate bars. So if you were one of the many who purchased, thank you. And if you have not, head on over to IHateHershey's.com to order your he, him, and she, her bars today. Again, one of those has nuts. One of them does not. If you can't tell the difference, maybe you should go shop at Hershey's. But if you can tell the difference between a he-him bar and a she-her bar, then why don't you shop with Jeremy's Chocolate today?
Okay, meanwhile, on the right side of the aisle, the presidential race is heating up. So Governor Ron DeSantis spoke at the Reagan Library for his new book. We did an interview with Governor DeSantis last week. If you want to check our feed, our podcast feed, the entirety of the audio was released yesterday on the podcast feed. Really, really interesting interview. His book is number one on Amazon. It has outsold pretty much every pre-presidential memoir ever, including Barack Obama's and Donald Trump's, actually. And so Donald Trump seems to be acting out of fear a little bit. And this, of course, brings us to some good Trump, bad Trump. Good Trump, bad Trump, which one will we get today? Okay, so unfortunately today, got some bad Trump. So Trump spoke at CPAC, and it was not the best version of Trump. So I don't have a problem with Donald Trump doing the revenge tour on the Democratic Party, on the media. That's fine. I mean, that's all fair game in terms of presidential politics. This, however, is not going to be the thing that makes him president. The best version of Trump was Trump in East Palestine, Ohio, right? That was the best version of Trump. The I'm standing up for you, Trump. This is the, you have to stand up for me and we have to take revenge together, Trump. And this is not the Trump that's going to win him any primaries or the presidency. The, the Trump who is on the revenge trail for his 2020 loss is not the guy that people actually love. It doesn't make people love him to see this sort of stuff. Again, if you're a Trump fan, you should be encouraging him to do more of the East Palestine stuff and less of this. Here he was at CPAC. CPAC, by the way, was really, really underattended this year. The, it did not have a lot of big names, did not have a lot of big stars. It was, it was kind of more fringy this year, which is why in the CPAC straw poll, the guy who came in third is some random 75-year-old business person who sort of declared the day of. In any case, here, here was Donald Trump at CPAC over the weekend. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. I am your retribution. The the kind of Batman, I am like, I'm vengeance. It's not. Here's the thing. If you're going to be running, Donald Trump as the as the guy who is going to reconnect with the Rust Belt. He's going to win Ohio. He's going to win Pennsylvania this time. He's going to win Arizona and Georgia. It can't be, I'm your retribution. I'm sweeping back in. Right? That's, that's not actually the pitch. The pitch is, the guy who's currently in office, he's terrible. And you remember when I was president, it was way better. The problem with the retribution pitch, there is an actual internal problem with the retribution pitch. The problem for the retribution pitch is you were the president. You could have done these things when you were president. A lot of the things he says that he wants to do when he's president again, he could have done that, right? He could have cleaned out the executive branch and he didn't do it. And so I, I just don't think that this is Donald Trump's best pitch. I also don't think Donald Trump's best pitch is going to be, he, he's taking advantage of, the media are taking advantage of him and he's taking advantage of the media. They have a very symbiotic relationship. If you watch the media coverage of Trump right now, it is very obvious the media would love for Trump to be the nominee. Now, all you have to do is follow the Lincoln Project, which is spending every single day attacking Ron DeSantis because the only way you raise money if you're the Lincoln Project is by Donald Trump being the nominee. And so what you see is the media now just ramping up every sort of PR effort that's put out there by the Trump team. So Jennifer Jacobs of Bloomberg, she tweeted out a story in which she's talking about Trump trying to come up with new nicknames for DeSantis. So she's actually like field testing these things, right? She, she's actually throwing up trial balloons on these names. It's like Ron Dishonest, Ron Ron De-establishment, which I'm sorry, no, or even Tiny D. His team has spent weeks trying to dig up dirt on DeSantis and his wife, Casey. Okay, so first of all, the biggest political mistake that Donald Trump could make right now is to attack Casey. That would be like the stupidest thing he could do. Casey is a young mother who has survived breast cancer, also happens to be beautiful and charming. Like that would be the stupidest thing he could possibly do. So I don't think Trump is going to do that. But like field testing Tiny, like if this is what you're doing, I I'm sorry, that's, that's just not, I don't think that the, the American people are looking for that. Meanwhile, DeSantis is doing the smart thing. He's ignoring all of this and he's just doing things. So over in the state of Florida, according to the Washington Post, Florida legislators have proposed a spate of new laws that would reshape K through 12 and higher education in the state, requiring teachers to use pronouns matching children's sex as assigned at birth and establishing a universal school choice voucher program. So he's just winning. So if you want winning, then maybe you should focus on the winning. And Donald Trump has a case to make to the American people. The case he has to make to the American people is Things were better when I was president and it will go back to being better when I am president again. Joe Biden is an incompetent. Joe Biden surrendered Afghanistan to the worst people on earth 
and gave them $7 billion of our military tech, apparently, according to a report from the Washington Post last week. Joe Biden is a person who has run up record inflation, record debt. Joe Biden is polarizing the country on the basis of quote-unquote equity. Joe Biden is feeding the Wokies. Right? There are a lot of re- things that, that Donald Trump could run on. If he decides that he's going to run on the vengeance campaign, I just don't think that that's going to, to win him many friends and admirers, especially when, again, DeSantis is going to be able to point at his record in Florida and just say that. He's going to say, listen, I took a state that was purple. It is now bright red. Now, there, there was some good news in the presidential race. I think most Republicans would like to see a two-man race. I don't think most Republicans are interested in 87 people in the field. Like, it's fine if there are a lot of people in the field at the beginning. They want that field to win up pretty quickly. They don't want a split where somebody runs through the gauntlet with 25% of the vote. This is why it's a good thing that Larry Hogan finally decided to stop being delusional, the governor of Maryland, and said he would not run over the weekend. Here was Larry Hogan, the very, very milquetoast governor of Maryland. He was sort of a lockdown guy during the, during the COVID times. He's been very weak on the radical gender ideology agenda and the critical race theory agenda. And for a minute there, it seemed like he wanted to run, which would have been just the biggest vanity campaign of vanity campaigns. Yesterday, he said on Face the Nation, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I did give it serious consideration. I talked to people everywhere and I talked to my family and it was a tough decision, but I've decided that I will not be a candidate for the Republican nomination for president. This is not just a decision about running for president. It's a decision about running against former President Trump, who's as tough on his opponents as anyone I've ever covered, merciless. Yeah. Well, that didn't really scare me. You're right. It would be a tough race and he's very tough, but you know, I beat uh, life-threatening cancer, so having Trump call me names on Twitter didn't, didn't really scare me off. So it wasn't just about personal. It was also about the party for you, it seems. That you, it's you need it's really mostly about the country and uh, about the party. It was, the personal decision, it was like, I didn't need that job. I didn't need to run for another office. Okay, good. We also didn't need you running for that office because your candidacy was going nowhere and all you were going to do was split votes. So that would have been a, uh, a complete waste of time and effort. So that field is going to winnow. Again, Trump has a case to make, but the case he's making right now is not the case that he needs to make if he wishes to to regain momentum in the Republican primary battle. Okay, meanwhile, controversy engulfs Michael Moles here at the Daily Wire over the weekend. He spoke at CPAC and he was talking about the ideology of transgenderism. I make that very clear, the ideology of transgenderism. And it's not just me making it clear. Michael made it clear. Michael said straight up, the ideology of transgenderism. And he said the ideology needs to be eradicated. And he was very clear in what he said because he was using human English words. The words that he was using in human English said the ideology of transgenderism, which says that a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. That ideology needs to be eradicated. There's nothing dissimilar from that about saying something like communism as an ideology needs to be eradicated. Or critical race theory as an ideology needs to be eradicated. It does not mean that Believers in that need to be eradicated. It does not mean that people who are gender dysphoric need to be eradicated. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means this is a bad ideology and it needs to end. Radical gender, if you just replace the word transgenderism here with radical gender theory, then it's wildly uncontroversial because radical gender theory is garbage and needs to be eradicated. Not the people who believe in it. A lot of good people have been suckered into believing it. Not even the people who, who good faith believe in it, right? No one's talking about killing anyone. When you say you want an idea, like think about if you're on the left and you say conservatism needs to be eradicated, that doesn't mean that you think every conservative needs to be murdered. Okay, so here was what Michael said, and then here is what the media said he said. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, If men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, Transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. Okay, notice that, that last sentence, the whole preposterous ideology at every level. He doesn't mean people who have gender dysphoria need to be eradicated. He doesn't mean the people who even believe that they are transgender. That is perfectly clear from what he's saying, perfectly clear. So what did Rolling Stone headline? They put genocidal mania 
CPAC speaker calls for transgender people to be eradicated. So Michael said this headline is libelous, had a man of retraction. Rolling Stone, because they got hit with a legal threat there, actually did change their headline. And of course, Media Matters got angry that they changed their headline. Now, listen, if Michael had actually called for transgender people to be killed, then he would not be working here because no one wants anybody to be killed. That's not a thing. Hey, that, that, that is not a thing that we would be in favor of anyone saying because no one should be brutalized or violently treated for any of these reasons, of course. But if you're talking about the transgender ideology, which is what he said in those words, he said in the words, then trying to pretend that that's not what he said is really dirty pool. And that, of course, is what this is all about. That is what this is all about. It's about deliberately re- misreading what Knowles was saying, clearly and obviously. It's extremely dishonest. The Huffington Post ran a very similar headline suggesting that Michael was saying genocide against people who are transgender, men who identify as women. Again, not what he was saying, clearly not what he was saying. But again, you you can lie about it. If it's conservatives, you can just lie as much as as you could possibly want. Now, meanwhile, you know, there, there are people who actively are harming actual human beings. And those include parents who are inflicting Munchausen syndrome by proxy on their small children. So over the weekend, PBS News interviewed a couple with a quote unquote transgender child. And they literally said in the middle of this uh, insane interview that the baby was transgender before she could speak, meaning he is baby boy, presumably. Our daughter is 10 years old. Um, She started letting us know that um, she was transgender really um, before she could even speak. She would do things like wear her sister's clothes, pretend that towels were her long hair. Uh, is this smiling about it? So you just completely screwed up your kid on the basis that what, a, a one and a half year old was transgender before before the boy could speak? If you're talking about gender ideology that's a danger to human beings, gender ideology is a danger to human beings. Meanwhile, the insanity of that ideology continues to hold sway across the United States and parts of Europe. Apparently, according to the New York Post, USA powerlifting must allow trans athletes to compete in the women's division after transgender lifter J.C. Cooper won her discrimination case against the organization. The Federation was mandated to cease and desist from all unfair discriminatory practices related to sexual orientation and gender identity and reverse its former policy of barring trans athletes within two weeks, according to the ruling. Cooper filed a complaint with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights in 2019 claiming the organization violated that state's Human Rights Act after she, as a dude, was barred from competing in the women's division. Cooper is, in fact, a man now competing in the USA powerlifting competition against women. So first off, like I encourage all men who wish to win a medal to now say that they are women and engage in USA powerlifting, since apparently that's all you have to do in order to win a medal. Amazing, amazing stuff. Meanwhile, really exciting stuff happening over at the Smithsonian's new museum for American women. Now, the Smithsonian is a publicly funded institution. It receives some private donations and it is also publicly funded. But the good news uh, for the trans ideology is that um, apparently they will now include transgender women into the, into the museum of American women. So men will be in the museum of American women. Again, very, very exciting stuff happening in our culture right now. But don't worry, we're supposed to ignore it and pretend that it's not happening. And if you do comment on it, then apparently this makes you uh, some somebody who is uh, very, very risky, and it's just terrible. You shouldn't comment on it at all. Well, we're all to p- pretend that that it just didn't happening at all. Okay, meanwhile, on the international stage, and there are two stories that should be somewhat disturbing to us on the international stage when, when you combine them. So story number one, China apparently is setting a quote-unquote conservative growth target as challenges loom. So China has bad demographics. China's economy is extraordinarily debt-driven. They basically pump money and spending into a wide variety of state-run enterprises, including giant empty ghost cities. And now they are lowering their economic growth forecasts. According to the Wall Street Journal, China unveiled its lowest growth target in more than a quarter century. As Beijing faces challenges in the domestic and global economy, China's target of around 5% growth this year in GDP announced on Sunday by Premier Li Keqiang at the start of the country's annual legislative session, suggests officials are less concerned about raw economic expansion as they turn their attention to other priorities. At this week's legislative meetings, leader Xi Jinping is expected to further consolidate his grip over the realms of security, finance, and tech, reshuffling key posts to further dilute the government's role in policymaking at the expense of the Communist Party. 
So he is going to consolidate his personal grip and take power away from the CCP so that he can't be challenged. This year's growth target was more conservative than even the 5.5% goal set by Beijing last year. And they missed that by a big margin. Instead, they got 3% growth. So combine that with the fact that uh, they are now upping their military spending. And what you're looking at is the possibility of very aggressive moves on the Chinese border in the very near future. I, I frankly don't know that they have many choices left. They have a, a demographic catastrophe on their hands. They just don't have enough people. They're the fastest aging population on earth by a long shot. They do not have enough workers. Their system is entirely debt-driven. People are going to stop funding their nonsense. And it turns out that China actually, as a polity, is incredibly, incredibly large with a lot of outlying areas. And so the possibility of consolidating regime control lies in unity, in unity of purpose. And that can only be done maybe through military action. One reason why China is planning to boost its military spending by 7.2% this year. Accelerating its military buildup as tensions rise with the United States and its allies over Taiwan. Now, realistically speaking, China does have you know, a lot of people, but their military capacity is not quite all that it's cracked up to be. China does not have really a, a blue, what they call a blue water navy. Most of its navy is constructed for coastal areas because, again, coastal areas allow to control enormous amounts of coastline. And a lot of places are within spitting distance like Taiwan. But their, their military tech is not nearly as sophisticated as the American military tech. They do not have the power of, again, blue water projection. What they can do is really snag the supply lines. They can really make a lot of trouble and try to essentially play North Korea writ large, make some military trouble, and then hope that everybody bribes them out of their troublemaking. I would assume that that's what China is going to try to do here because they need something. If they don't get something in the very near future, that regime has some real problems on its hands. Okay, time for some things I like and things I hate. But this time, we're going to do things I hate first, and then we'll do some things I like. So let's do some things that I hate. Let us begin with Jon Stewart. So Jon Stewart has a show on Apple TV. Jon Stewart's show is essentially just left-wing propaganda, cheered on by the idiots on Twitter. Twitter, of course, is a place to dunk and be dunked upon. The people on Twitter love Jon Stewart because Jon Stewart's entire shtick is do an hour-long interview and then cut four minutes out of it. And then show the four minutes that make Jon Stewart look halfway intelligent, even though he actually isn't very good at this. So he interviewed a guy named Senator Nathan Dom. Dom is an Oklahoma state senator. And he was interviewing him about guns because Dom has wanted to loosen up some of the gun restrictions in the state of Oklahoma. Apparently, it was an hour-long interview, according to Dom, and apparently nearly everything got cut. So all of his defenses, all of his arguments basically got cut by Stewart. And what you end up with is like one-minute clips. And these are the one-minute clips where Stewart will like own somebody. He'll own somebody. Now, the problem is, if you think about what Stewart is saying for more than literally 10 seconds, it doesn't make any sense. It's a complete non sequitur. This was presented as John Stewart winning, winning, ooh, the winning. So here he was discussing gun control with this Oklahoma state senator. And I'll explain the problems with his argument in a sec. It's not actually an argument. Again, it's just a non sequitur. You want to ban drag show readings to children? To my house, yes. Why? Why, why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning, that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh -huh. in certain instances to What's protect the children. leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm gonna give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're gonna say it's firearms. No, I'm not gonna say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is, you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying f Okay, and the entire left oh my God, look at that amazing argument. That's not an argument. It's a complete non sequitur. I'll explain. Okay, so let us begin with, with a basic fact. The number one leading cause of death among children is abortion. So let's start with that. That is by far the leading cause of death among children, which, of course, John Stewart supports in full. Okay, now let's get to the actual non sequitur argument that he's making. So what this state senator wishes to do is loosen up some of the red flag sort of restrictions on firearm ownership, because what he is afraid of is that people who are the next door neighbors of somebody, you don't like your next door neighbor, so you go to a judge and you have the judge take away that guy's guns. John Stewart is saying, well, that's a danger to children. And here you are, you, you, wanna, you wanna protect children by keeping them away from drag. Okay, now, here's why that's a non sequitur. Go back to guns for a second. And let's just have the argument inside guns. I'm fairly certain there are laws on the books in Oklahoma, as there are literally everywhere, 
They're not allowed to shoot a child, right? Those laws apply. In fact, you're not even allowed to shoot an adult, but you're not allowed to shoot a child. It's on the books, right? Those laws exist. In fact, a wide variety of laws exist protecting children from violence in an extraordinary number of contexts, right? You are not allowed to, in many places, bring a gun into a school, in places, public schools. You're not allowed to have, you're not allowed to, to obviously murder a child, shoot a child, nor should you be allowed to. And that's not what that state senator is advocating for. He is trying to say that a law-abiding citizen should be able to own a gun. That is essentially what he's advocating for. And Stewart is saying a law-abiding citizen should not be able to own a gun because the externality of allowing a, a law-abiding citizen to own a gun may be that one person who's crazy is going to grab a gun and kill a kid. Then he's doing a non sequitur. Okay, the point of what Dom is saying is that drag queens targeting children should be illegal. He is not trying to say that no one in the state of Oklahoma can ever have a drag show. He's not trying to say that adults can't have drag shows for other adults. He's not trying to say that you can't in the privacy of your own bedroom dress up as a member of the opposite sex and gallivant around like an idiot. He's, he's not trying to say any of those things. So what the actual like-to-like, -like, the apple-to-apple -apple comparison that Stewart would have to make here is if this guy were actually attempting to ban, for example, drag queens having shows in front of other drag queens or drag queens not targeting children. In other words, the, the point that the Oklahoma state senator is making is you can't infringe Second Amendment rights because, again, Second Amendment rights are not the threat to kids. There are a bunch of other things that manifest as threats to kids when bad people get a hold of guns. But it's already illegal to, to go after kids. And Stewart is treating it as though this guy wants to legalize child murder, legalize the targeting of kids. That's not what this guy is saying at all. It's a complete non sequitur. And everybody on the left is cheering because apparently there are a bunch of addled idiots, addled morons. But this is the game that Stewart plays. And you're saying the government has an obligation to protect? Yes, of course the government has an obligation to protect kids. Of course, yeah. by the way, I assume that John Stewart is actually opposed to, for example, ending the First Amendment. If the First Amendment results in bullying of children, I'm sure he would say, well, you know what? I, that, that Those are the costs of the, of the First of The First Amendment does exist. And then you would make special provision to protect kids, which is what the law does with regard to guns. It's just, it's so irritating. But this is the stupid game that Jon Stewart plays. And this is the kind of stuff that the media, you get, you get rewarded for all of this. This is a point that Russell Brand was making quite well. Russell Brand's been on a media tour lately and he was on Bill Maher's show. And he was pointing out that MSNBC engages in just as much propaganda as Fox News, particularly, and, and he was asked for an example by John Heileman at MSNBC and he just kind of destroyed him over MSNBC's coverage of, of for example, Ivermectin. But I have to say that it's, it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace, and, and also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspectives. I, Do you yeah, want yeah. an Yes. The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. Yeah, that, that's what not Rachel Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take well, this vaccine, you're not going to get it when it hasn't been clinically trialed for transition. You have to listen. Wait, Do you think you can improve America by determinedly and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? Okay, he's, uh, Russell Brand's totally right. And John Heilman is a uh, non-response. He just gave you a perfect example because you guys, you did. On MSNBC, you did the Joe Rogan horse medicine story. You did do that. But apparently, you're, you're again, the, the media, there's a reason they have no credibility. Okay, one final thing that I hate, and then we'll get to a thing that I like. So one final thing that I hate, Prince Harry, man, that guy, his, so South Park mocks the living crap out of Prince Harry for his We Want Privacy tour. And he won't stop. He's still doing it. So he did an interview over the weekend in which he addressed the backlash against his dumb book in which he talked about his tolja, his tolja, that he was blue and how he'd rub cream from his mother. On the so apparently he did another interview in a discussion for Random House. He said, I certainly don't see myself as a victim. I'm really grateful to be able to share my story in the hope that it will help empower and encourage others and hopefully let people understand that again. Back to this human experience, we all in some shape or form are all connected, especially through trauma. I do not, and I have never looked for sympathy in this. 
Uh, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's not true. That's all you do. Full time, all the time, every day. It's so tiresome. Well, let me just say this about Prince Harry. I hope that he enjoys his earnings for the next two years. Because after that, there will be no more earnings. No one will pay you to do this routine anymore. You've now spilled your guts on your family. You've said all you have to say, unless you have any break. No one in your family is talking to you anymore. So I assume you have no more inside grit to, to spill in the public stage. Your, your extraordinarily off-putting wife, Meghan Markle, is, uh, is not going to win you any popularity contests. So I, I look forward to, uh, to you languishing in obscurity for the rest of your life as the guy who you know, yelled at your family for no reason other than to apparently... Like, honestly, the, the big takeaway from Spare, if you ever spend the time reading it, is that Prince Harry is just a dullard. He's really, really a stupid guy. Like, everything that he says comes from this stupidly naive place. And my, my favorite personal example is a contention he keeps making over and over that Meghan Markle had never Googled Prince Harry and so had no idea who he was when, she, when they were dating. Which, uh, yeah, I'm sure that, that's what happens, is that very, very attractive actresses look up unemployed, PTSD, and drug-addicted former men in the military to date who live in a basement apartment. That, that's what they do. She had no idea who you were, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, Prince Harry, uh, eventually this tour is going to have to end just by necessity. Time for a quick thing that I like. So we here at Daily Wire, we brought out a new book at DW Books. It's called Stolen Youth. It's really good. It's from my friends, Carol Markowitz and Bethany Mandel. They have a piece in the New York Post today talking about how woke ideologies are destroying American childhood. The book is really, really excellent. It talks about everything from the media targeting kids for woke indoctrination to the transgender craze. It talks about everything from Disney to your corporate lords and masters who kind of tell you what to believe. In the extra section of the show, you'll hear an entire interview with them. It's really, really good. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. And in the meantime, make sure that you order a copy of Stolen Youth today over at Amazon or wherever else you buy books. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 